Hey everyone, welcome back. This is another installment of Jesus Does My Taxes. We have a very special guest for you today, Skylar Lewis from Rise Up Kings. Many of you who listen to this podcast know that Jeff and I went out to Southern California back in January and we embarked on an amazing experience exclusively for Christian business owners. It's really one of a kind. I don't know if there's anything like it on earth. And it was really impactful. It was such an amazing experience that when I got back from the trip, I just wanted to share it with everybody that I knew. And many of you that are listening right now, I shared the video and you, you got a sneak peek. And we thought it'd be a great idea to have him on the podcast today. So here we are. We have Skyler Lewis. Say hello. How you doing, brother? We've got Skyler. We got Ryan. Welcome, everyone. And we've got Jeffrey. Hello. All right. So you got your favorite accountants. You've got the owner and co-founder or founder? Yeah. So I'm the, the owner of uh, Superior Restoration, a restoration company. We have about 40 employees in that company. And then I, I'm dedicating most of my time about four days a week to Rise Up Kings. So founder and CEO, Rise Up Kings. Excellent. Yes. So Skylar is a Christian business owner. He has a restoration company that's entirely employee run or mostly employee run, right? Yeah. Yeah. We have uh, it's pretty much entirely employee ran. So I, I go there couple, four or five hours a week and just meet with the team and check in with them. And they're making all the decisions for the company and managing everything. So I don't have any actual, I don't have a, anything I specifically do. I just do some strategy sessions with them. An employee run company. And then he spends a lot of time with Rise Up Kings. People would ask me, Hey, what are you doing over there? Did you do Navy SEAL training? And I was like, no, no, I did not do Navy SEAL training. I would not offend the Navy SEALs, but it was intense. What is Rise Up Kings? Yeah, it's fantastic. It's for, for years, I, I struggled in business, trying to scale the business while staying balanced in my marriage, right? As you guys know, it's challenging as, as tax professionals during the tax season. I mean, balance is very hard to find. And so I just struggled for years trying to find that balance. And then eventually just realized there was a better way to live life. Like a lot of times we put operating systems in our businesses and try to improve processes, but we don't do that in our personal lives. And so I basically used what I had been utilizing at Superior Restoration and really put those same types of structures and frameworks in my personal life. And it proved to be very successful. It allowed me to be more balanced, be more effective, scale my business, improve my health. And so, yeah, that's why I launched Rise Up Kings. And I now teach men how to do the same thing, but it's not just teaching them. I, I, we put them through a really intense three-day event where we try to give them the tools they need and, and reignite a fire inside them and uh, kind of break through some walls because we just build up walls. And then it's just a community of, of, of like-minded men. So a bunch of Christian business owners that are just uh, trying to be better men and, and be better husbands and fathers and businessmen. And uh, it's really hard to find communities like that. And so we've, we've built that at Rise of Kings, which I'm really uh, excited uh, and proud of. What an amazing experience. I'm now, as you're talking about it, I'm running through the experiences and you know, I'm starting to have some flashbacks of the PTSD. You know, <laughs> no, yes. Yes. Skylar, <laughs> did, did you think I was going to quit? I think you thought I was going to quit. I think you thought I was. No, 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 I did it. I did it. Sometimes East, yeah. East coast guys are funny, man. Yeah. Anyway, man, it was, no, I didn't think you were going to quit actually at no. all. No, you stuck with all of it, man. You really played all out, all of your heart. Mm -hmm. Both, both you guys did. So 
so, I'll, yeah. I'll be honest. I'll be honest, Al. Having gone back to the hotel with you after that first night. Yeah. I mean, I think I had to give you a little pep talk because you, yeah, were, I think so. you were wanting to quit. <laughs> I mean, I, was, I saw the video and I was like, I don't know how they're going through this right now and getting, getting by. Yeah, no, I, I had thoughts. I did. I, it was, it was, it was mostly the ice cold water. The ice cold water is not my thing. And Jeff kind of was like, we're not, we're not quitting. And I was like, all right, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll give it another day. And then uh, I'm so glad I did because once we got past the ice bucket, you know, it wasn't it wasn't so bad. But tell me more about Rise Up Kings and the pillars, right? Because I still have them etched in my mind. Those four pillars. Tell us more about the pillars and and what they mean to the program. That's great. Yeah, we have the four pillars, right? Which which we call faith, family, fitness, and finance. And there's so many business owners out there that are what we call one dimensional or two dimensional, right? Where they're really good at business or maybe one other pillar, but they don't have all of them. It's very hard. It's very, it's very rare. It's very hard to, to manage all four of those fin- spinning plates. And so, so we teach really investing in each of those pillars, right? Starting with the faith pillar, then family, fitness, and finance, right? You notice how businesses last, but somehow we get caught up in spending eight to 12 hours of our day in our business, but then not finding one hour to spend with our wife and connect with her after work or before work mm-hmm. or with our kids or with God, but we'll go dedicate 12 hours to the last, the least important pillar. And so really learning how to balance that and invest in those pillars on a daily basis. And it's, it, it really just requires intentionality. And there's people probably listening to this, this show that are kind of feeling stuck in their business. I'm sure, right. Stuck in their business, not understanding what they can do to be more balanced. And it really starts with, well, what, where are your priorities first? Is business your top priority? If it is, then you don't need to stay balanced. But if you realize, okay, well, business was just a means so I could be a better husband, be a better dad, be a better you know, follower of God. It's, it's a vehicle that will get me there. Cool. So if, that, if you understand that your priority is actually your family and God, then just make, we just, it starts with that intentionality of investing and, and making it a priority, investing in it in a daily basis, like finding ways to do that. What are a couple of things that you guys have done a little differently as far as investing in your marriage or with your kids in between this crazy tax season? Well, I could say for me, I know I was caught in that trap of always focusing on business because that's what I was comfortable with. That's what I was good at. And I actually used to even make excuses, you know, to go to the office and, you know, my, my family would feel a little neglected. And I would say, Hey, look, I I have to do this because if I'm not going there and making money, I can't take care of you. I can't be the provider. So I, I was looking at it from a very narrow scope saying, Oh yeah. Providing for my family is making sure there's, there's, you know, money in the bank, but that's like a small piece of what it means to provide for your family. Right. But I had convinced myself and I'd used that excuse for years. I mean, I've been married over 10 years and I used that probably most of my marriage, but it, it got to my, I know like my, my, with my kids and with my marriage, it got to a place where it was like, okay, something has to change here. And that's where I went to rise up Kings. And actually Skylar, I shared this with you before. I actually sat there at my computer and I said, I've got to do something different. This is just not, it's not going to work. I'm going to be divorced. My kids are going to hate me when they're, when they get older, everything is going to fall apart because I just don't know what to do here. And then all of a sudden I open up like Facebook, which I never go on. And, uh, and then boom, there's this video and this advertisement for rise of Kings. And I'm like, okay, let's go. And it was pretty much that simple. But since, since then, 
And uh, one of the things that brought to light, which, and, and it's all simple stuff, which really makes it for me a little frustrating that it's, it's very simple things to do that I, I just, for some reason made it more difficult than it needed to be. So I'm scheduling times with my wife. We, we've, we've scheduled some times to do Zoom lunch dates during tax season, which sounds silly, but you know, my wife knows that I work like 20 hours a day during this time of year. And for her, just me taking that hour of time to sit on a meeting with her while she's in another office or at home, just having lunch and talking means the world for my kids. And Skylar, this is one that you, you asked me to do. A couple of mornings, I, I take them to school now. So we spend a couple of minutes in the morning just chatting on our way to me dropping them off at the, at the school. And these aren't really long periods of time, but they make the world of difference. And I would have never even thought to do that. And even when I say these things, it's like, okay, these are so simple. Why could I not even think of these things before? And it was because I was so narrow-minded before. I couldn't, I couldn't even think of it. I couldn't find my way out of my own my own office, my own business, because that's, that's where I like to stay. And that's beautiful because it's just those little things that actually do make a difference, right? It's those little investments in the, the relationship with your wife. The benefit of this is you, you are able to be more focused on your business. When you know you're neglecting your wife and your kids at home, it does not feel good. It takes away energy from being able to produce in your business, like period. Oh, when plus you know, you're also... Like, dang, Plus you're also expecting that phone call almost every night of, okay, when's my wife going to call and start nagging me? When's my wife going to start totally. calling and start yelling at me? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So we know, we know this. And so the benefit it's, it's, we do it backwards, right? It's, we, we think, cool, I'm going to work really hard right now, then spend more time with my family. When, if you spent more time and were more intentional, you could actually make more money, right? You would have more energy to produce. We, we get it totally backwards. I make way more money now that I'm a little bit more balanced in my life than when I was totally focused on the business. It's because investing in our marriage, we feel good. It gives us like a win for the day. And so it's, it's powerful. And again, this is a, not a family podcast. This is a business podcast. It's about, right, it's about really managing and running a well-run company. And, 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 and that's what it's about. And so this is a part of running a well-run company. You don't want to be, right, Jeff Bezos building an empire and then being divorced, right? You don't want to be these guys that we all, I mean, all day long, people running business, big businesses, but then forgot to invest at home and lost that connection with their wife. And then now they're divorced, but they have a bunch of money, right? A one dimensional man. And that you, you can do that all day long. It's all, but it's really that what's, what's powerful is when you can be a four dimensional man, faith, family, fitness, and finance, where you're investing in all of these pillars on a regular basis. So I don't know, I'm passionate about that stuff. And again, it leads to better business production. It, it, period. It really does. You're not going to make less money because you loved on your wife more. Like you're not going to make less money because you decided to work out or spend time in the word. Like I would challenge people, like you have an opportunity to, to even build more wealth through mm. that process. So it's, it's dead, but it, just because it's simple, doesn't mean it's easy. It's it's very challenging as you guys know. So, yeah, yeah but I do have to say, I completely 100% agree that now that I'm making steps to, we'll say, build up all four pillars instead of just one, I am actually a lot more effective in my business right now. And because I know that the other areas are getting taken care of. I mean, I'm not perfect right now. I'm still working towards it. But the other areas are, are, are developing and getting taken care of that they're not pulling any focus away from me when I when I'm need to be at work focused on that. Whereas before, 
I knew it was draining me. I knew I would lose my focus because I always had in the back of my head, these things going on that were, that weren't, that weren't being, we'll say successful or taken care of. But now, I mean, my clarity and focus is so much stronger just because I am putting extra effort into these other areas of my life. Love it. Love it. This is the balance. This is the balance talk. You know, if, if we called this podcast anything, it's just about balance. And as accountants, we probably lead one of the most unbalanced lives from January through April 15th. Well, now it's May 17th. And we just fail miserably at it. We admittedly fail miserably at it, but there's a better way, right? There's definitely a better way. I think a lot of people listening here today, business owners out there, they may work with their spouses. Hey, Jeff, you work with your spouse now. Maybe you could just touch upon how, uh, did Jessica ever work in the business or no? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We just did a video on that actually. We'll be posting on our social media shortly, but we went into the how to properly be in business with your spouse because it can mm. be very challenging. And I would say a, a good percentage of those relationships don't end up working out and it doesn't work out. But then there's a select few that do can manage it. And we did it for years. We worked for, and we love, we actually enjoyed working together. But there became, a, there came a, a time where Jessica was, where, where she, she wanted to spend more time kind of being a mom and eventually, and, and also she was, in a way kind of hindering because I'm, I'm a big visionary and I like to grow fast and it was causing a lot of stress in the relationship because I want to grow big and I want to grow fast and she's she's very detailed most women are very detailed and like process and stability they're not the aggressive glo- go blow it up kind typically they're usually a little bit more structured and so when so it created a lot of chaos and stress in our relationship while we we're building the business and I would say one of the biggest things that that really improved our working relationship was realizing what each other's strengths were and accepting that with the strength also comes an exact or an opposing weakness is a double-edged sword. And so eventually, right? So we, we used to have a lot of struggles because I would go have the big vision and go take tons of action, but I would miss some details. And so she's very detail oriented. So she would say, "Why are you missing the details?" And it would it would it would cause stress because I'm like, "That detail is not that that detail is not that important." Like in the big picture of the thing, right? It might be this small piece of this big puzzle, but I could like the business is running fine without this little detail. But that little detail would be stressing her out. So eventually, she found out and she said, "You know what? Like that's actually what makes him great is his ability to not always focus on the micro, but be able to focus on the macro, the bigger picture." Because it creates like that, that's a visionary. I just needed somebody that could go execute on all the, the details. But so she started to understand that this was, this was the, this is what made me special. So she, on the other hand, saw all the details and she was stressed out a lot of the times. She was, she was stressed from all these small details and her expertise was the details. And I used to get mad that she'd be too focused on details. So eventually she started loving me and knowing Skylar. I know you're, you're not going to catch all the details. She now embraces me for that and understand I'm not going to catch all the details. And that's what makes me great at what I do as a CEO and as a top level leader. I do catch a lot of details, but I don't catch all of them always. And so she learned to appreciate that about me. And so that's, that's where the working relationship, like we need to get clear. What is your wife or what are you uniquely good at? And how do you love the opposite side? If you're a visionary, the opposite side of visionary is you probably are going to miss details. If you're a detail person, the opposite side is you may not be that good with people 
or people may stress you out. There's the opposite side of, but it doesn't mean stop being detailed so you can be better with people. It just means love that person for where they're at. Put, make sure they're in the right role. If I was the operations manager, that would not be a good thing because that's not my specific skill sets. So I had to be in the right role, which was a CEO growing and pushing and strategy and all that stuff. And she was great in an accounting role, right? But she wouldn't be the best visionary and, you know, she would get, it'd be too stressful for her. So realizing where each other's, so that's one, that's one piece of the puzzle. Second thing is date nights. Date nights are a critical piece. You have to do date nights, but don't always talk about business on date nights. We actually had to make it a point that we were not allowed to talk about business on date nights because that was the only thing we would end up talking about. Right. And so we got to learn more about each other and really start to rekindle some of that fire instead of just talking about business on our date nights. So just having some type of separation mm. is like really, really important. So those are two of the probably the biggest things is really appreciating. You know, the big thing is really appreciating the strength and also the weakness that mm. comes with that instead of yep. pushing back and resisting and fighting it all the time. Yeah, it sounds like to me, spouses need to run a disc report on each other. Mm-hmm. And figure, mm-hmm. you know, the same concept, finding the employees and putting the employees in the right place. And totally, you know, you know I, I ran mine. It was pretty accurate. And we look forward to doing our advanced training and coaching together. Hey, Sky, why don't you talk about the other components of Rise Up Kings, the, the, the brotherhood, the coaching, the mastermind, the in-depth training that we're going to about to be doing, that Jeff's doing. Why don't you talk about the other components of Rise Up Kings and where that can, that can bring people? Yeah, and I'll, I'll make sure because I don't want to be a Rise Up Kings kind of pitch. I love I love the thing, but I want to make sure I'm I'm do, managing, you know, sharing. So so a big part of Rise Up Kings is strategy and really thinking through your business, mm-hmm. right? And so we're about to do a strategy session with you guys and really refine like what your next level of business looks like and what pieces need to be in place, what needs to be adjusted. I think as smaller companies, we sometimes get too stuck in the weeds where we're not actually thinking strategically about our business. And so what we do, what we recommend doing is every quarter, right? Should there should be some type of strategy session where you get away for two, three, four hours, a whole day with you or your team. And you think through the next quarter, right? What do we need to do this next quarter? What worked? There's a couple of things that I, I discuss. What worked this last quarter? Like what were the things that actually worked? And then what didn't work? well, you know, this person wasn't working, this process is broken, man, our marketing really sucked, you know, or our sales we were horrible on or, or, or what worked, right? And then what, what didn't work? So you address, hey, these are the things that worked. These are the things that didn't work. And then you start to put a plan to fix those in the next quarter. Some people take a whole year to fix issues. Let's do it quarter by quarter and set goals. So we, so we do that, we get clear what didn't work and then we set strategic goals every quarter. That's also something I realize a lot of companies don't do is they're not, they're not clear on a, their annual goals. Like for everybody watching, you should listen, you should have an annual one or one to three annual specific clear goals that are written down that are on your board that are all over your office. Like what is your annual goal you're going after? Is it a revenue goal? Is it a certain number of new clients? What's the specific goal that you have the entire team rallying behind? What's the whole team rallying behind right now for the annual goal? right? Does everybody in your company know what the annual goal is? Is everybody clear? Is everybody taking action on it? Or is it, or do you not even know? And is it not written down anywhere? Is it in your head? Like get clear and share it with your team so you can create alignment. 
That's a huge piece of annual strategy session planning. And so then once you get the annual goal clear, you go break it down into quarterly goals. Okay, so if we want to do, you know, 2 million or 3 million or 4 million in revenue, what do we have to do this quarter, the next four quarters? Okay, well, you know, we need to ramp up our marketing. Okay, we need to hire two new people. Okay, cool. That's a goal for that quarter, right? You get clear on your, your goals that you want to achieve quarter by quarter. And so that's really, that's some of the planning that I think is necessary in businesses and which we recommend doing with a lot of a lot of businesses and we do with with rise up kings and then also breaking down your core values but that's a whole nother conversation lots to unpack there and yeah. that's something we are going to be doing very shortly quarterly goals the the one thing right the one thing i'm reading the book again and i love it and it just makes so much sense skylar what's the one thing you would want to tell christian business owners right now as they face their battles, we're coming off of COVID. I mean, COVID's still there. You know, the enemy is always there, whether it's COVID or not. What's the one thing you would tell Christian business owners as they fight their battles this year? Mm, that's great. The thing that comes to mind is surround yourself with people that will hold you up during during the times. Get some good associations, okay. right? Go find three people that you can go do business with and you can share your struggles with your wins that you can right, dive deep. And I think associations is the most one of the most important things, getting good associations, people that are lifting you up. So I'd say that, I mean, you can do everything else, but that one thing, which is good associations and being around like-minded people that are, that are, you're, 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 you're able to share again, your wins and your struggles with, I think is, is critical. So I would say that's, that was the one thing for me. Uh, that was the one thing when I started to associate with different people and higher level business people, I started to rise with yeah. them. So I, I highly recommend there's all kinds of organizations and groups out there that you can go find and join and check out to start to associate with higher level people in, in each of the four pillars too, right? Maybe it's your faith. Maybe it's just business people. Maybe it's your fitness, right? Maybe you're around, you want to improve your fitness. So you go, Find a couple of people that are really fit and work out every single day. Start to hang out with those people, you know, and you will start working out daily. If so you Skylar, I'm new to uh, Rise Up Kings and I think you nailed it with these pillars here. But one thing I want to know is how do you identify when you're neglecting some of these other pillars? How do you take a look back on yourself and see where areas need to be improved upon or that you're neglecting with these pillars here? Yeah, it's a great question. It's a, it's, it's what we call a, we call it the King's reveal. It's really just going and checking in on where you're at with that. That's where you find out where you initially are, right? So for people who listen to this, if you haven't just do an assessment in your faith, family, fitness, and finance, where are you at? And are you happy with where you're at? Right. Be real with where you're at in those four pillars, do an assessment. And then the way to find out if you're on or off track in anything in life and to make sure you're not getting off track is tracking it. How do you know if you're off track for your uh, business revenue? Hopefully you're tracking your, your monthly business revenue on a monthly basis. So you know if you're off track. If you're not tracking it, then you will not know if you're off track. So you have to track. Anything that's important, you track, right? So if you're fitness, if you know you're off track on your fitness, if you track your weight regularly, you'll, you'll know you're off track. When you start gaining weight, you'll know because you're tracking. If you don't track your weight, you will easily slide all the way off. You'll, you'll get off path. Next thing you know, it'll be three years down the road. You're overweight. You're unhealthy. You have high cholesterol. You're struggling. How did I get here? Well, of course you, of course you got there. Cause we, it's like the boiling f frog. Maybe you guys heard, heard about that whole, whole deal, 
right? When you put a frog in water and it starts to, uh, and you slowly turn up the temperature, the frog just gets used to it. Our, we're, we're built to adapt. We, ac we acclimate to our environment and to just, we just get used to it. And so the frog eventually, I mean, he'll boil to death, but if you throw him straight in hot water, he'll jump right out. But if you slowly turn the temperature up, so that's what happens. A lot of people, they slowly go off path. And next thing you know, they're no longer connected to God or their marriage. They're no longer connected to their wife or they've lost their passion in their business or they're, they're way off on business numbers or their culture, their culture of their business has gotten way off track because they're not using metrics or numbers or data to start tracking some of these things. So tracking is a, is a critical piece. Leaders are trackers or what do they say or leaders are readers but but trackers i mean yeah well i don't I don't know what they say about trackers i guess they could call them weird weirdos or nerd <laughs> nerds you can call a tracker a nerd i'm i'm a, I'm a nerd tracker accountants. Accountants. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. always putting sure. us down at least once an episode there's an accountant's joke <laughs> yeah well we got we got to make fun of ourselves a little bit yeah yeah it's all it's all good stuff so i was always fascinated by the the routines and the rituals Skylar, what's your, what's your, what's your ritual? What does your morning routine look like? And then how does your day look? What's your ideal day look like? I live out my ideal day every day, every morning. So I woke up this morning, busy day today, man. So I woke up at 4am and I wake up at 4am because the only way I can fit in everything is by waking up at 4am. Like it's, I'm not intentional with it because when I don't wake up early, like so, there are some days I wake up at six and I feel like I lost like hours. Well, I did. I literally lost two hours when I wake up at six and then I jump right into shower work. I mean, I lose, I lose like so much. And so morning routines are everything to me. So my current morning routine and I've adapted, I've adjusted it, you know, 20, 30 times over the last like five years. So I've been running this one for a couple of years now and I love it. It's waking up at 4 a.m., grab my coffee. I sit on my couch. I read the Bible. I, re I sit in the same spot on the couch every day. And I used to hate routines, by the way. I used to literally hate. I'm like, people that do routines are probably the most boring people like on the planet. But I've learned to love routines because they keep me in my like zone. They keep me organized and mentally clear. And like, I, I now love routines. Now that that's not my normal personality style either. So I wake up at 4 a.m., grab my coffee. I read the Bible, right? First thing. And I used to, again not do that. But I realized, hey, I want to start with the most important thing. And then I, after I read the Bible, I pray and then I review my goals. I review my goals for the day. I review my goals for the year. I read my affirmations. So I read the specific affirmations to myself. And then I do my gratitude journal every single morning. And then I review my calendar. And then I do a couple other things like miscellaneous, like business things. And that takes about an hour. So at five o'clock, I'm ready for the gym. So I leave for the gym at five. I work out for an hour till six. And then after that, I spend a little bit of time with my kids before they go to school. I'll get like 10, 15 minutes in. I love that time. They love that time. And then I, and then I usually learn something. Like I'll usually listen to a podcast or read a book or just get some nugget of information before the day. And then that's my morning routine. So usually by 6.15, 6.30, I have all that stuff done and feeling fantastic. So, and, and I crave my morning routine. I, I, I even try to do it when I'm on vacation or traveling. I'll wake up, I go to the gym hotel. It's just, it's changed my life. It has literally changed my life having a structured morning routine. So 
Yeah, and I think awesome. I think it's important because it it, sh- it allows me to have these wins, right? So when we wake up late, when we miss our workout, when we end up eating unhealthy, it's all these like little losses. I call them L- W's and L's, like a win and a loss. Like we just we start off wrong, and we lose momentum. So my day starts off with so much strong momentum. I walk into my eight o'clock meetings and eight o'clock. I walk out in on fire because I've just had an epic morning. And so just do it. Right. It's just like build a habit and just go start, go start doing and practice it. If it works, keep doing it. If you do it, you're like, no, this sucks. I don't like working out. It's like, cool. Then stop. Then don't work out. But you realize you will like working out. You will like reading the Bible. It's just, we get lazy sometimes and we just don't build the habit of doing it. So how do you get people to break through that barrier of setting up a morning routine and, and doing things that they don't like? I mean, doesn't this go back to the pillars? How do you get them to push themselves for it? Yeah, that's, that's a hard one, man. That's a hard one. You got to have, you got your why's got to be really strong. It's got to be so strong why you're willing to wake up at 5am or 4am or 6am, whatever time it is for you. Like your why, like why does it? Cause, cause you could not, you could not do it and life could be okay, but your why has to be so strong. You have to dig deep. You have to say, well, why is this important to me? Well, it's important because, you know, reading my, my fitness is actually extremely important to me. You know, like, I don't want to have a heart attack. I don't want to have diabetes. Like it's, I could die. That why is strong. I could literally die eventually by not taking care of my body. So you got to get, dig deep to your why, like death, or I wake up a little earlier and I work out, you know, close to God, right? Eventually, like, like what's your why? Eventually, maybe, maybe God says, dude, I, I, you, you were not faithful with the time I gave you. Like a disappointed God because you couldn't wake up 30 minutes earlier and read the Bible. Like, come on. Like your why has to be so strong. That's A. And then B, be around other people that are doing it. And then C, get some accountability. Find someone that you could say, hey, dude, let's wake up at 5 a.m. Hey, let's wake up at 4 a.m. Let's, let's text each other each day. And then have somebody that you actually do that with on a regular basis, having accountability around it. Is, is if you do a couple of those things, it makes building the new habit. It takes 66 days is the actual number to build a habit. So if you can find a way to, to do something, get accountability, be around other people are, are doing it, like do it for 66 days. It'll make it a lot easier to do it. So there is actually some strategy around, around, around building some new routines or new habits. Associations and accountability are like the two biggest things and tracking and tracking how often you wake up each morning. So those three things actually are really critical for building any new, any new habit that you have. Yeah. We'll uh, it's, it's tax season and, you know, waking up early, that's, that's a tall order, but you know, you could, you, you know, when you wake up early and you, you knock out some huge, you know, important tasks, you know, you could tell when your day's on fire, when, when it's not, and you, you, you know, it, you just know it right off the bat. Um, and they, I'm, cu- they, I'm curious if there's any accountants that actually do wake up early doing t- during tax season, uh, I used like, to, I, back in my younger years. Yeah. I'm, cu- I'm curious. It's, like, uh, is there, is it's there taking a toll that's... towards the end of it. It's easy to fall back into the habit of, Oh, there's always tomorrow can do it then. Or, you know, Oh, an extra hour here of sleep is I really need it. When in reality, you know, once you fall into that routine, like you said, it's much easier. Yeah, you have to go to bed at the same time each day or not not super late to wake up early. That's the that's the deal. So that's why I was wondering if there's any accountants that don't do work late at night. Instead, maybe they fit in a wake up at four and fit in a couple hours of work in the morning instead of working till twelve or one 
at night. I'm just curious. I, I don't know if there is, or if anybody's found a way to flip that. I, most, most of the CPAs I know actually are usually in the office between five and 6 a.m. And, and they're working and then they, they quit somewhere around six, seven o'clock at night. And then they do whatever afterwards and then go to bed or go to bed early. Man, there's, there's gotta be a better way, man. I, and I know it, a, a CPAs, they live this crazy deal where they work 12, 14, right? 20 hour days. I'm telling you, there's a better way. There is 100% a better way. And I know there's people that have figured out how to work eight hours a day or nine or 10 during tax season, man. Well, well, CPAs are, and I've said this before, CPAs are terrible business owners, right? Because what, what, what do most of them do? They, they, they build a business so they have a job mm-hmm. and uh, they don't scale it all. So there is a better way. Hire people to do it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, leverage people, but, but we can't because we, we have ego problems. We, we think, think we're, we're the only ones that can do it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, sounds, um, sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. That's what I hear from every business owner <laughs> until they start to systemize and really build their business like a business. Then they realize oh, I didn't have to work. I don't, I, I don't need to work 12 hours a day. Like somebody else actually can do some things better than I can. Like that's a reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Skylar, what's next for Rise Up Kings? What's next for, you know, anything that you've got going on that you want to talk about? Great. Yeah. So, well, I'm actually working on a book. So that's going to be, I just finished the last chapter about a week ago. It's called The Two-Day Week CEO. It's all about really scaling and learning how to systemize your business so you can step away and not putting in those hours. Really good book, I think. Well, because I wrote it. But (laughs) we'll see. We'll see how uh, the people take it. So that's- Post writing or you wrote it? No, I wrote it. Good for you. Yeah. That's what I would expect out of you. Yeah. So you wrote it. Yep. Yep. And so I have, so that's coming out. That's really exciting. And then really, I mean, superior restoration kind of just does its thing. It's cool. Just does its thing. And the team does a great job burning it. So really my, my passion is rise up Kings and really supporting men on, on their journey. So they can be, yeah, just, just better, better men. I, I, we have a saying, change a man, change the world. I believe it starts with changing a man so he could love his wife better, lead, lead her better, treat her better. And then that will have a ripple effect on their kids, on allowing their wife to be super successful in whatever she's doing, like giving her space, like just really being the lead, being a good leader, a secure leader. And so my vision for Rise Up Kings right now is just starting to take, take over. So we're, I'm hiring an operations manager. I have, I'm on the hunt right now for an operations manager to run the whole thing and I really scale the vision. And uh, to start to open chapters up across the country is East really what's next. East Coast for sure. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I'd say the coolest experience of the whole thing, I think, was the last challenge, the sand cookie. And maybe you could talk about that challenge and what its what its purpose was and how we can use that in our business lives and you know just digging deep and not watching the clock and really finding more in yourself and giving more. Yeah. I won't, I won't talk about this specific exercise, but I will talk about the, the premise of it and why really what the, what one of the takeaways is I've realized that for years, I remember I, the first year, I think it was 2014, I made the most money I ever had, right? We, we had been in business for about four years. We, 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 gen- we netted net income. It was over a million dollars in net income. So we paid like, you know, 500 grand, 600 grand, something like that in taxes. I think we did like, one, it was 1.2 or 1.4, somewhere in that range. 
And I remember walking into my, Jessica was doing the accounting and we walked in and she had this look on her face and she's like, she's like, you're never going to believe, like, I just finished the books. You're never going to believe what we made this last year. I'm like, and we weren't good at tracking back then. So I had no clue. You should know what you're probably going to end the year at, you know? And so she's like, Hey, we're at, you know, we're at 1.2 or 1.4 in net income. And it was weird. I sat there and I was like, cause I had been pushing hard for really big numbers and I felt really like almost anxiety or like almost instant depression. It was really weird. I felt just this funk. And I realized, man, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I, I had been looking for this goal. And once I had hit it, I didn't know what else was next. And I felt like, I just felt empty. Like it was an empty goal. And so I got clarity around it that like, we're always on this hunt to achieve something, but the achieving of it's not the fun part. It's the journey. It's the journey of it. And so we're always looking for a finish line. When I sell my business, when I get my business systemized, when my marriage is this, when I hit retirement, it's all BS. That's all BS. No, it's, it's not, there is no finish line. The only finish line is death. So getting clarity, like stop looking for a finish line, just go be and go create and go build. You'll be much more happier and satisfied and you'll have less of these ups and downs, these crazy highs, low, high, low, high. Like go just be and create. And life is about who you become. Like that's what I realized. It's the journey of life. It's who I'm becoming through this journey of life that is making life much more fun, right? As a CPA, right? It's why am I doing this? Am I doing it just to make more money so I can get to retirement? Or am I doing it because I love it? I want to make a difference. And I'm becoming somebody great through this. Like I'm changing myself. I'm becoming a better leader, right? I'm on this journey. And when I, if I sell my company or stop working, that's not the end of it. That's just a little, that's just a little benchmark. The, it never ends. It never ends until I die. I'm always learning. I'm going to always be growing. Or you're either growing or you're dying. It's the same thing in a marriage. We, we look for this. A lot of people, they, they, they try to get their marriage to a certain point and then they get it there and they stop, they, they pull their feet off the gas and they go on cruise control, but there's no such thing as, as cruise control. It, you're decaying at that point. You're slowly decaying. And so getting, like you eat, so you're either growing, you're dying. And so I realized that. So I'm like, you know what, for the rest of my life, I always need to be growing in my marriage and my faith with my body, with my business. I always need to be growing and evolving until the day I die. And that's just the way I'm going to live my life. And so it's just, I found that to be the most fulfilling and purposeful way to live life as opposed to looking for finish lines all the time. Yeah. Watching the clock is a terrible way to live. It's mm. that was, that was something that was really something. Jeff, what was your, what was the most impactful experience without giving too much away? Uh, well, I don't want to give too much away definitely, but uh, that first night had quite an impact mm. and uh, yes, indeed, it, yeah, it forced me to look at some things that I, I knew were there, but uh, I didn't want to, I, I guess, recognize. And uh, I had had a, a traumatic event happened in my life that uh, caused me to react a certain way every day. And uh, it was holding me back from, well, like Skylar, like you were saying, from growing, right? So I was just, I was just on a slow decay and just like a really slow decay uh, until I came to grips with something. And uh, that first night forced me to kind of evaluate and look at that. And then uh, that just lit a fire underneath me after that, which I feel bad for Ryan and Al but they've had to deal with it ever since. And wow. I think they want to strangle me half the time. 
but but it was good because I mean I mean I knew it was there and and but we do have to do self evaluations, and and that that first night caused me to do that, and that was the most impactful for me. The whole thing was great for me, but that was that was the one piece that was probably the most impactful. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the whole weekend we were, you know, being pushed to be uncomfortable, uncomfortable with ourselves, our life as they were, and. You know, some, some of us on the retreat, we had to really come to grips with it and being uncomfortable with who we were so much so that our why became so strong to just turn it all around. And, and, and we've had some, some big turnarounds. I mean, I, I, we work with some of the guys now, they're part of our firm. They've, you know, chosen to be, you know, engage our services. And I could tell a market difference in these guys after the, the, the whole experience, they just, their, their, their focus definitely narrowed their whys became bigger. That, that was, I would say one of the biggest takeaways from, from, from Ruck was the whys just got really big, really, really big. You know, Jeff and I are forever grateful to you guys for putting that all together and, you know, uh, making us better men. And yeah, what a, what a weekend. I'll never forget it. So you know, we're going to close up here. Skylar, I know I asked you, you know, the one thing facing Christian business owners, but if there's one other thing that maybe, maybe somebody who's struggling with some really tough parts of life, you was know, this like, was this like the title of the second book? The one other thing? The one other thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the one thing. What about somebody that's really, really struggling with, with whatever it is? I don't care what it is. Something really, maybe it's something really bad. What, what's the one thing for them? So there was something, a, a quote just popped into my head. You guys have probably heard it, but it's not the entire quote, but it's, it's most men live, it's the end of the quote, qu- lives of quiet desperation. Most men live lives of quiet desperation. So they never find that fire or that purpose or why they were created. So there's, you get caught in these traps where there may be people that are really struggling, like on this call or not struggling, but living lives of quiet desperation. They're just getting by. Maybe they're creating some wealth. Their marriage is okay. Their body's okay. Like everything's okay. And then they die. So Finding and tapping into some higher purpose, I think, is one of the most beneficial things that a man can strive for, is finding what that purpose is. Like, why am I here? And what am I going to live my life for? And so, and, and that will ignite a fire. So if people on this call lost a fire, find out, like, what you're created for. Like, what are you created for? Why are you here? And then how could you live on purpose every single day? is is a worthy a worthy journey and you may not find it right now but it's a worthy journey of, of searching for that and asking god for that like why am i here why am i created what am i meant to be doing how should i be living my life on how do i live on fire every single day so i would i would leave people with that don't live a life of quiet desperation my, my father my biological father i should say is a is a self-proclaimed atheist and as an adult whenever i would talk to him about certain things his response to me would be literally, listen, this is what we're, we're made for. We come here, we're born, we work, and then we die. That's life. And uh, every time he says that, I say, oh, wow, what a bleak way to look at life. Like, what's the point then? Why even go to work? We might as well just do whatever we feel like because there's no, there's no point in any of that. There's, there's zero points in any of that. Yeah. 
And, and that's the way a lot of people live. Yep, yeah, they they, they live that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I recommend. Well, I want to I want to throw a few scriptures in here just because I think it's important. I always have some scripture in each of our podcasts. So Skylar had mentioned that always surround yourself with with good people, right? That was his number one item to to address. So I just want to read in First Corinthians fifteen. I'm sorry, Proverbs thirteen twenty. I'll start with Proverbs thirteen twenty. Whoever walks with the wise become wise, but the companions of fools will suffer harm. And First uh, Corinthians. Like 1533 says, do not be, be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. So obviously, obviously you want to have be in good company, not bad company. And then the one that most people have heard and known is Proverbs 2717. Iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. So I want to make sure to throw those out because exactly Beautiful. what Skyler pointed out is very biblical. Surround yourself with good people, good like-minded people. People are going to push you forward because you could, you could really have one person in your life and they could just drag you down and take everything out of you. And then, and then on the opposite side, you could have one person in your life that helps you create a new vision and perspective and pulls you to a level of greatness that you never even thought was possible. Mm -hmm. It could be one person, right? So it's, 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 it's on both sides. One person could definitely pull you out. One person could bring you to the next, help you get to that next height right? That next mountaintop. Yeah. So it's important. It is important to not be alone, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and men, I think, try to be nomads at times and try to just kind of go off and do their own thing. And they don't realize that being around other people has a humongous benefit. But we, we, like, to, we like to think we can do everything ourselves. Hmm. Yes, we do. Yes. Awesome. Awesome stuff, guys. Well, you know, that's all the time we have for today. It's been tremendous. Thank you so much, Skylar, for taking an hour out of your day. Uh, I know it's busy and I know it's impactful and you're doing big things over there in Southern California. Again, we thank you so much for Rise Up Kings and all that it does. But you know what? Maybe we'll have you on again in a year and we'll see, we'll see what goals you've crushed. We'll give you some, you know, we'll give you a little interview again. There we go. I love right. it, man. Thank you guys for having me on here. It was just fun, for sure. Awesome. We appreciate it. Thanks for joining Thank us, Skylar. All right. Well, that's, that's all we have for today on Jesus Does My Taxes. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever you get your podcast. We're on every major platform. Again, thank you so much for listening. So long for now.